Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on. Around the left side, penetrates, throws it up off the glass. Horford, offensive rebound, out to Marcus Smart for three. He got it. And Boston is taking this game away from long distance. 20 of 38 from three. And that was Marcus Smart with the dagger with just under three minutes left in the game one of the NBA Finals between the Celtics and the Warriors. As the Warriors would go on to lose 120 to 108, getting outscored in the fourth quarter, 40 to 16, after a terrific third quarter uh, when he outscored him 38 to 24. But the three point shooting from Al Horford and Derek White, and then to close things out with Marcus Smart, not to mention, and I haven't seen this name mentioned at all when it comes to the fourth quarter, but Jalen Brown adding 10 points. Along with those guys in the fourth quarter, you're not going to win those games if you close things out like that. But good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in. Happy Friday, but it's also a relatively unhappy Friday because of the way that that game panned out. I think that from my vantage point, at least from yesterday and what I was seeing as we were previewing these Celtics, there was a lot of, hey, Steven, you're overrating the Celtics right now. I think we are riding way too high on their defense. I don't think they're as good as we're making it out to be. And we fall into this trap. And we do, and it's not just, and I'm not just, you know, speaking about us. I'm speaking about really every fan base within the playoffs, um, especially when you get to this point. We fall into this trap of we judge a team solely based on a Game 6 or a Game 7 of their previous series. Because I was seeing a lot of that with the Celtics and the Heat and what they were doing in those last two games and the way that the Celtics played, the way that the Celtics let them back in. And I fell victim to that too. But we forgot that this Celtics team is a damn good one and really... We can talk about the fourth quarter all day long because I think everybody knows in the fourth quarter when they pulled away, that's when they won the game. 
But to me, it was the way that the Celtics responded in the first quarter when Steph was going off for 21 points, 6 of 8 from 3, and then eventually winning that second quarter, going into halftime with the lead. I thought they bounced back very well there. And then the third quarter, um, the Celtics are the only team that's better than the Warriors in the third quarter. They're the one in the two, and the Celtic and the uh, and the Warriors managed to dominate in that third quarter. Quite frankly, they were playing good defense. They were forcing turnovers. They were making shots, but the fourth quarter was just too much. And Draymond, after the game, he was saying something along the lines of, "Well, we dominated all three quarters. It was just the fourth quarter where where things really got away from us." I could argue that you only dominated for one quarter. Steph dominated the first quarter, and Clay knocked down some shots too, and, and Wiggins got his, but overall in the first quarter, wasn't that great from the Warriors. It was awesome from Steph, but as from, as a whole, as a team, Draymond was over. Jordan Poole only got one shot in his five minutes on the floor uh, in the first quarter. So it wasn't that dominant. And then the second quarter, that's when it was really going back and forth. It was turning into a really good game, actually. It was a lot of fun to watch, but the Celtics would end up coming out on top, outscoring them by four in the second. So really, it wasn't just the fourth quarter where this game was lost. I think it was a very well-played game by the Celtics. And I understand Jason Tatum didn't have (laughs) the shooting night that everyone expected him to have. Holding him for 3 for 17, that's fantastic, but he had a career-high 13 assists. So he was still contributing in some capacity. Sure, in one aspect of the game, he had a poor night, but in other aspects, he was getting it done. I I thought the Warriors overall, as a team, just did not play well. Especially on the offensive end. You needed Draymond uh, to knock down those open shots whenever he had them. I liked the fact that he was remaining aggressive. I did. Like, the amount of attempts that Draymond had, that's exactly what you want from him in these types of games. He had 12 attempts overall. He had four of them from three, and as far as I'm concerned, those four threes were all open looks. He just didn't knock any down. And a couple of them, I mean, what was it, that offensive rebound that he had where he's trying to, you know, curl around and then drive down the lane because he felt like he had an open look, and then he just threw it up to the rim. It's like, what is happening right now? But Draymond didn't have a good night. Jordan Poole was really not good. Like, if you're going to compete with the depth of the Celtics, because that's that's what their team has. They got depth. We didn't talk about Peyton Pritchard all that much, and even though you could blow right by him on defense, that dude is scrappy, and he could knock down some threes every once in a while. Derek White they left him wide open and he took advantage. And that wasn't even just in the fourth quarter, really. Derek White, I thought, was fantastic throughout the entire game. It was really Al Horford in the fourth quarter who started to go off. But those are the depth pieces. It's not like Jason Tatum was going off. Excuse me. Jalen Brown, he had had a good fourth quarter, like I mentioned at the top of the show. But you're not going to compete with that if your other guys, other than Steph, are going off in the way that they are. I thought Andrew Wiggins was fine in this game. He had 20 points on 15 shots, but he only knocked down two of his seven threes. And the number that stuck out to me with Wiggins that's separated himself really from 
who he originally was during the regular season. It was the rebounding, and it, he was back to being the Andrew Wiggins as far as rebounding goes. He only had five rebounds on the night. So you needed more from the other guys. Now, Kavad Looney was fantastic. Otto Porter Jr. was awesome. Getting him back, I'm glad that they didn't try and force him back in in that last series. I thought he looked great. He knocked down four of his five threes that he took. I thought Andre Guadalla in the minutes that he played, I was kind of shocked to see him get 12 minutes right off the jump, but I thought Andre Guadalla at least looked very good on the offensive end. Defensively, I'd have to go back and look at it a little more. But just overall, the Celtics were the better team in this game. And it came down to the fourth quarter and the Warriors' defense leaving these guys open in Al Horford and Marcus Smart and Derek White. And on the offensive end, that's when they really tried to force shots. And now all of that has culminated into a Game 1 loss their first of these playoffs. It's the second straight finals where they've lost a game one. And no, the series isn't over when you lose a game one. The Celtics have lost their previous two game ones, and then they ended up winning in the seven-game series, both against the Bucks and the Heat. And they also lost at home against the Bucks, 101-89. to Remember that? We were thinking at the beginning of that series, like, damn, the Celtics can't guard Giannis. Then they ended up making the adjustment and coming back and winning. But I think that with this series so far, and you're down 0-1, pressure's on to win on Sunday. And I I, I don't know what the Warriors are going to look like on offense when they have been under pressure situations, which they were in the fourth quarter last night. They tend to force things. So they got to stay patient on Sunday and let the game come to them and not try and force up shots. Overall, I thought through the first three quarters, it was a very entertaining game. It was, but I'm not going to sit here and say that the Warriors dominated three of the four quarters. I just I just disagree with that. Um, the Celtics, in their defensive rotations, at first, in the first quarter, I wrote this down. And this is a weird note to have. But the Celtics' defense, it felt like they were asleep. Like, they just weren't ready for what Steph was bringing. They were playing drop coverage against Steph. Marcus Smart was following him around from the jump, and even off the ball, Steph was fooling him. Like, he had a, like there was one where he's just cutting across the baseline, and then he jukes him, and then goes back toward the basket, and he's wide open for the pass in the open layup, and Marcus Smart was frustrated. And I'm thinking, damn, in that first quarter, these guys are asleep. And then you hear that mic'd up on the broadcast from ABC, where Marcus Smart was going to their team and saying, look, this team is not the Heat. We're not going to play the same type of defense against them. So you would think that, you know, with the type of game like this, oh, the Celtics were better prepared. I'm not going to say that. I don't think they were the better the, the, the better prepared team. I just think their adjustments were way more impactful than what the Warriors ended up doing. The Warriors, after that third quarter, they kind of went on cruise control. Uh, they didn't play Steph as much as everybody wanted him to. And to be honest with you, if you're in the finals, um, I need to be seeing Steph getting at least 42 minutes each game. I, I-, I need to see that. Now, granted, I-, I don't know what Steph's conditioning is like, but when 
he's rolling the way that he is, and he's the only guy that's giving you an, an option scoring the basketball when none of the others are really contributing there in the second half. Now, that's not to say that Clay Thompson wasn't contributing or, um, or or Kavon Looney or Otto Porter Jr., but the guys that you really rely on to score, they weren't other than Steph. I need to see him play a, a, a few more minutes. But going back to the adjustments that the Celtics made, it wasn't, also, it wasn't just, oh yeah, Biggs, make sure you get on the perimeter and play on Steph. Don't play drop coverage on him. It wasn't just that. It was also them just switching early. The rotations... On defense, and I'm not talking about lineup rotations. I'm talking about the switching that the Celtics do. It's just so clean. Like they're not bumping into each other. How many times did we see that with the Grizzlies and the Mavs? How many times did we and the Nuggets too? When the Warriors are moving off ball, how many times did we see two defenders clash into each other? And some of these guys are wide open for a three. We saw that a lot in these previous series. We didn't see that too much last night. The guys who were left open, they did that on purpose. Like Draymond, for example, leaving him wide open, they're going to do that every time. And again, the four threes that he took, I'm good with him taking four threes a game. But he needs to knock down those open layups if he's going to have any impact on that in terms of scoring the basketball. But the Celtics' defense is something that the Warriors haven't seen this series, I do believe that they can make the adjustment in Game 2. I, I really do, because it is a game-by-game situation when it comes to the playoffs. But they clearly were not ready last night for what the Celtics were doing in the fourth quarter. And then their adjustment was to leave their guys open, and those other guys ended up executing. So, it was a tough Game 1. It really was. And Sunday night is a huge game. Huge game. I believe the Celtics are 8-2 uh, on the road, by the way, in the postseason. They have been just fantastic. And even with Jason Tatum, their number one star, not scoring the basketball, the Celtics were still able to win by 12. So how are you feeling about this? 888-957-9570. That's the Xfinity Mobile text line and the phone number if you'd like to weigh in. How are you feeling about Game 1? What's your confidence level going into Game 2? Do you think that this was just a flash-in-the-pan sort of game, or do you think this is going to continue on throughout this series? 888-957-9570. We'll continue to discuss this on the other side. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Dub Nation, this is Gary Payton II, and you are listening to the pregame show with Steve Langford on 95.7 The Game. I'm sure a lot of people were wondering where GP2 was. You activate him for game one, and he's sitting there on the bench, and you seem to be in a situation when you got Otto Porter Jr. and Andre Guadala, who are out there with uh, with Steph Clay. And was it? It, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Draymond. It was Steph, Clay, and Wiggins. And then eventually Draymond comes in, but you expect GP two to come back in. And eventually, they just went out there with their starting five. But their starting five, along with Draymond and Kavon Looney, with the type of scoring output that the Celtics were going out there with in the fourth quarter, as they're just knocking down every single open shot. Steve Kerr kind of scrambled and made a substitution and put Jordan Poole into the game instead of Kevon Looney, and even then, that didn't work. So I think Steve Kerr was kind of scrambling, and everyone's wondering, well, what's happening with GP2? What's happening with GP2? Well, clearly, he just was not healthy enough. Like, that's just it. Even though he was activated for Game 1... You know, if, if, you, if he was activated and he was good to go, he would have played. Look at Otto Porter Jr. and look at Andre Iguodala. Those guys were were ready to play. So, you know, clearly they got him going in the, to, to start game one or whatever. They, they got GP2 on the active list. But the fact that he didn't play, I think that just shows where his health is at, especially with the amount of minutes that uh, OPJ and Andre Iguodala were able to obtain within uh, the closing moments of that game. But nevertheless, 120 to 108 was your final. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the Xfinity Mobile text line and the phone number if you'd like to weigh in. What is your biggest reason for the Warriors' loss last night? Was it the defense in the fourth quarter and the lack of making the adjustment of, hey, actually covering these guys? Was it the others not scoring the basketball? Was there a certain individual? Was it the way that Draymond Green played on offense and also the way he played on defense? He didn't have the greatest uh, individual defensive game, in my opinion. He's always the quarterback of the defense, and he's just always directing guys, so you got to give him credit for that. But individually, I didn't think he was as good as he could po- he could have possibly been. Like he was solid, but there were moments where he got beat, and it's just like, all right, Draymond doesn't normally get beat in those situations. I thought Andrew Wiggins was fine on defense too. It was just the rebounding where I saw um, the issue with him. But what was your biggest issue with this game? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero from the five one zero. The worst thing about the game for me is the fact that Jason Tatum didn't play well. He didn't shoot the ball well. I wouldn't say he didn't play well. I, I think there's a difference there. He was 3 of 17 overall, and you'd be taking that every single game of the week. 
does that even make sense? I just used every day and every game of the week. You'd take every game this series, Jason Tatum going 3 of 17. You'd love him to average that. All right, let's rehash that little saying there. Let's rehash that metaphor. But you'd take that every single game this series. But he also had a career-high 13 assists. So... I'm not going to just sit here and say, oh, yeah, Jason Tatum didn't play well. I thought he'd, he'd, he didn't shoot the ball well. I think there's a big difference there. And I do wonder in the second quarter, because someone was up from the 408, Curry was quiet in that second quarter. Keep that hot hand shooting. Yeah, in the first quarter, of course, as we know, he had the 21 points, 6 of 8 from 3. Those were really a majority of the shots. He was 7 of 9 overall. He also had 3 rebounds and 2 assists to go along with that. But in the second quarter, he only took, and he only had six minutes on the floor, but he only took two shots overall and only had one three. So I want to go back and look at those second quarter minutes because I go back, I can't remember which game it was. I believe it was part of the uh, it was part of the Grizzlies series, and it was Man, it was in the back half of that series. I can't remember which specific game, but it was the game where Steph didn't take a shot for the first eight minutes. So I'm wondering, all right, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna look and see every single possession leading up to Steph and his first shot. And when I looked back at it, I saw, okay, you know what? The Warriors had some open looks. It's not like they were down big when Steph didn't take a shot. Like these guys just had open looks and they just took them. The, the the other guys on the team. Steph didn't need to take a shot. Maybe there was one possession where he could have taken one within those eight minutes, but overall, I wasn't blaming him for that. In that second quarter, I want to go back and look and watch the, the five minutes that he was on the floor and see why he only was able to take two shots. I, I, I'm going to assume we could credit the Celtics defense for that one and actually making the adjustment with the big men guarding the perimeter instead of playing drop coverage on him and letting him do whatever he wanted. But again, 888 Five seven zero. That is the text line and the phone number. But before we get to your calls, let's just play something from Steve Kerr here talking about what happened in that fourth quarter. Well, give them credit. I mean, they made 21 threes. They were moving the ball really well. They had us on our heels. They made a, a good push, you know, to start the fourth, and they kept that momentum going. It's going to be tough to beat Boston if, if they're making 21 threes and they're getting, you know, a combined 11 from you know, Horford and White, those guys um, give them credit. They knocked down every big shot in the fourth quarter. Boston was just played a brilliant quarter, and they, they came in and earned the win. And that was Steve Kerr. I thought Jalen Brown was good in that fourth quarter, too. Um, everybody was contributing, but Al Horford really was the star because in his five minutes and 46 seconds in the fourth quarter, he had the 11 points. He knocked down a couple of big threes. He had that mid-range jumper that was wide open. Like He just he couldn't miss. Derek White, not only in the fourth, but throughout the game, uh, he was providing a lot of scoring for them. He had 21 points overall, but he scored six of them in the fourth, and they were some big-time threes. Peyton Pritchard knocked down a big three, too. I think we were underestimating him, and I think that's why, really, that's why you're getting the the outrage right now for Game 1. It's because the the expectation yesterday... I think really was for the Warriors to win. I mean, you're, you know, you're you're talking about it all day on the radio. You got some Boston 
people coming on this station, some guests saying, you know what, the I, I you know, I think it's going to be a good matchup, but overall, I think the Warriors are going to win. You had some saying that, you know, Celtics and six or whatever because they were Celtics fans, but you also had a you had a mixed bag, I'd say, of predictions between the Celtics and the Warriors. They were favorites going into this series as far as the betting goes. You're watching the ESPN pregame and you're seeing that every single analyst predicted the Warriors to win this series. So I think just the shock of it all and the fact that you haven't lost at Chase Center in the postseason, haven't lost a game one so far in these playoffs, I think that just the the initial shock of that has us thinking about the rest of the series, but overall, I think they can make the, can make the adjustment in game two. But that, that doesn't change the fact that the pressure is just skyrocketed. I mean, losing game one, and you and if you go down o two and you're going into Boston with the way that you've played on the road, uh, really not so much in these playoffs, but throughout the regular season, you've been a much better team at home. You need to pick up the wins here if you can get away with a split. I mean, you're already feeling good as a road team if you get one win on the road. But as the Warriors, if they win that first game, man, you got to come away with a split here. You 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 can't lose this game too. There's just there there's just too much pressure now. There's just too much pressure. This is the NBA Finals. You need to split this series, and I do believe that they're going to win on Sunday, and that's why I think they are going to split each each of the two games wherever they're at. Whether it's in whether it's in Chase Center or it's in Boston, and then I think that each team is going to win at home when it comes to games five, six, and seven, and that's why I chose Warriors and seven. But I think just the overall underestimation of this team and the way that they played yesterday. I haven't even mentioned Robert Williams yet. Robert Williams making a huge difference with his defense on the perimeter. He wasn't doing so much uh, closing out in the fourth quarter, uh, but I thought he was big on the defensive end for the Celtics. All right, let's get to your calls here at 888-957-9570. I will try to get to most of your calls at the commercial break, but as you know, I take the calls live on the air because I'm in the producer studio where you got to screen the calls, so we can't screen the calls simultaneously as I'm doing the show. So let's go to the first caller here. If I respond when you tell me your name and your city, that means you are live on the air. I know it's an unprofessional way to do it, but we got to do what we got to do. All right, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Mitch from Mitch Hershey. All right, what's going on, Mitch? You're talking about trade. I think that when it comes to your dogs are losing, Second quarter. Why didn't Curry was hot? He should have kept the hot hand. And then you're going to arrest them. Go through deep into the rotation. I would. I would think that'd be a smart move. Okay. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, no, with Steph, I want to see him getting more than 38 minutes um, throughout the rest of the series. I just do. When you look at, uh, let's just say, Jimmy Butler, for example. Jimmy Butler was the guy who was leading the the, the Heat throughout the series. Um, they were getting some secondary scoring from guys like Max Struess. Sure, Kyle Lowry was knocking down a three uh, every now and then, but overall, Jimmy Butler was the main guy. And his minutes throughout that Celtics series go as follows. Uh, he had 41 in Game 1. Then he ended up having 32, 20, 27. But after that, he had 40, 46, and 48. I think you need to be seeing Steph play. I think you need to see Steph playing 40-plus minutes a night. But 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame you know Steve Kerr overall. I think that was part of the problem. Sure, was not playing Steph in the fourth quarter as soon as you possibly could. I do think that was part of the issue. But really, to me, it was just Steph being the only guy who could score consistently in the first half, and then in the third quarter, everyone was knocking down shots. Everyone was contributing. But you needed more from Draymond. You needed more from Jordan Poole in the non-Steph minutes. Like, those non-Steph minutes, we wouldn't be talking about Steph needing more if Jordan Poole was giving you the scoring output that we've seen from Jordan Poole before. Like, that's that's where it really, what it really comes down to. But I do want to see Steph uh, playing more minutes here. And if Jordan Poole is going to continue the way that he was, Marcus Smart was locking him down whenever he was uh, one-on-one with them. Jordan Poole was looking shook out there. And then defensively, he wasn't knowing... He wasn't staying balanced. You know, he, he was he was jumping all over the place. He was jumping right by guys who would pump fake a three and then go in for the wide-open shot. Contesting threes when they didn't need to be contested. He did not look good in yesterday's game overall. Forget the stats. It's just looking at that game and just watching Jordan Poole in general. He he just did not look like the Jordan Poole that we knew. He was trying to force a lot of things. And then that turnover that he had in the fourth quarter when Steph was out uh, to Andre Iguodala when he goes down the right lane and then Iguodala's all the way at the left wing and he tries to pass it all the way out to him, but it's just an inaccurate pass and there's a turnover on the other side. I believe the Celtics scored off of that. He was not good. He was not good uh, in this game, and you need him to pick things. Uh, we need him to pick things up in game two if the Warriors want to continue on in this series and make this a series. Because if you go down 0 2 after a showing at home, my goodness, I can't imagine what Monday shows are going to look like. All right, all the calls are rolling in. I will get to you guys at the bla- at the break, so please stay on hold. I'll take your name, I'll take your city, and we'll get your thoughts on the dubs. What did you think of Game 1, 888-957-9570? What do you place as the biggest issue for the Warriors in that game? Was it their defensive adjustments in the fourth quarter? Was it other guys not knocking down shots? Was it turnovers at the wrong time? What do you think? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. We'll get to all that next. Stephen Langford on the pregame show, ninety five seven. The game. Ground the left side, penetrates, throws it up off the glass. Horford offensive rebound out to Marcus Smart for three. He got it. And Boston is taking this game away from long distance. Twenty of thirty eight from three. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. We underestimated the Celtics. I'm just saying it right now. We underestimated them. We did. And we were, we were talking about that defense. I've been talking about the defense the, the entire week because I think we were just looking at that defense and not understanding what they can really do. I did think that the Warriors had numbers in terms of scorers, but those guys weren't as lethal as you wanted them to be in last night's game as the Warriors fall 120-108. to But the Celtics, they showed their depth. I mean, someone yesterday, I brought up Derek White and how he could contribute. And then I got 
a text. I don't know. I'm not going to contribute. I'm not. I don't even remember what the number was. I'm sure it was a you know five one zero four zero eight nine two five whatever Bay Area number. And they were like Derek White. LOL. You're really talking about Derek White? Yeah, he had the 21 points. Al Horford and Robert Williams, specifically Al Horford, there in the fourth quarter, he was damn near perfect. Robert Williams gave him something on the defensive end when he woke up. He actually was hobbling to start the game, and then he comes back and gets the block. He turns the ball over, and then he sticks with Andrew Wiggins and gets the block, and then the ball goes out of bounds. You remember that play? I was like, at first, I was texting a couple of buddies, and I was like, hey, man, Robert Williams looks hobbled. And then he goes on to get that block, and I looked like an idiot. So shout-out to Robert Williams for making me look like that. But overall, the fourth quarter, getting outscored was the issue in Game 1, 40-16. Now, before we get to the callers, 888-957-9570 is, of course, the Xfinity mobile text line and the phone number, and the lines are already lighting up here. Um, This doesn't happen too much at 5 a.m., man. Y'all are fired up. But I want to play this before we get to the callers. This is Draymond after the game. You know, they stay within striking distance. You know, they made shots late. You know, we'll be fine. We'll f- figure out the ways we can stop them from getting those threes and take them away. We pretty much dominated the game for the first 41, 42 minutes. So we'll be fine. Disagree. Disagree. I do not think they dominated that game for the first 42 minutes. If they would have dominated that game for 42 minutes then you would have been looking at the final six minutes thinking, all right, maybe there's garbage time. When are we going to be seeing Damian Lee, Nemanja Bielitsa, Jonathan Kaminga, and Moses Moody? Like, that's what would have happened if you would have dominated the 42 minutes. Steph said the same thing, but I just I, I just disagree. I, I disagree because the first quarter, Steph dominated. Steph dominated that first quarter with 21 points. Other than that, you had Clay with five you had Wiggs with six, which is fine. But other than that, you had Draymond 0 for 5. Looney really was giving you something rebounding. He had a couple of offensive rebounds, but he didn't give you anything scoring. Jordan Poole only took one shot in his six minutes in the first quarter. And the Celtics hung right with them. Then in the second quarter, the Warriors got outscored by four. They were going back and forth. It was a it was a it was a lot of fun to watch there because there was guys outside of Steph who were doing it. But after all, the Celtics outscored them and managed to go into halftime uh, with the lead. Then in the third quarter, that's really the only quarter, in my opinion, that the Warriors dominated. And then in that fourth quarter, they got outscored forty to sixteen. And granted, we we. You could give or take a few points on that because that Marcus Smart three that I played, that was really the dagger, and that happened with about two minutes and 53 seconds left in the game. So I disagree that they dominated for 42 minutes. I thought the Celtics hung right with them, and they were doing it when their number one scorer in Jason Tatum was not scoring the basketball. He was dishing out assists, but really it was everyone else on that team. It was like the complete opposite, polar opposites. The star on the Warriors was doing the scoring, and the other guys weren't knocking down shots at opportunistic times. Whereas with the Celtics, their star wasn't scoring, but the number two guy in Jalen Brown, we can't forget about him and how he played in the fourth quarter, he had 10 points to go along with it, to go along with Al Horford's 11. Then everyone else, Horford, White, Smart, Pritchard, knocking down a three in the fourth, everybody. Contributing, You didn't see that too much from the Warriors. And when they kept on knocking down those open shots, 
the Warriors were just forcing up threes and trying to outshoot them. I didn't think that was the right strategy to go with. But again, I would like to go back and watch the game. I don't necessarily have a chance to uh, when I'm doing the 5 a.m. show. You know, you got to get to sleep as soon as the game's over, even though I didn't. I'm watching an episode of Stranger Things. But I need to go back and rewatch the game and see uh, what it looked like. But we do have game two on Sunday. Losing the first game at home in the NBA Finals is not easy, but something to hang your hat on. The Celtics, in the previous two series that they played, they lost their Game 1s. Now, granted, the Game 1 was in Miami, which they lost, but the game, the series against the Bucks, Game 1 was in Boston, and they lost 101-89. to And they came back and won that, uh, won that series in 7. I still think the Warriors can do it. I think they can make the adjustment, and I do think that we are overreacting because of the expectation and how high we just we put the Warriors on a pedestal yesterday going into this series, even though they were the favorites and maybe and rightfully so. But when they lose in the way that they did, I do think that we tend to reach with some of the things that we have to say throughout the series. But again, it goes game by game. I know that's a cliche, but I truly believe that it's a game by game situation. We'll see if they make the adjustments in game two. All right, let's go to the lines. Let's go uh, to the text line as well at the Xfinity Mobile text line triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Please feel free to call in. Joel in Lodi wanted to weigh in. What's going on, Joel? Hey, good morning. Okay, let's start out with the, the fact of the matter is you got to tip your cap to the Celtics. Their offense took it. Their offense. Yeah. Took it to him, okay? So that's, but that, you know what? How many times is that going to happen, number one? Look at how many times in that series with Miami they fell asleep at the wheel. They had two games there where they didn't even show up against Miami. So the likelihood of them doing what they did last night offensively, and especially hitting three pointers and being on fire, is, is pretty nil. Number two, okay, I'd like to say something about need a little more offensive production from the, everybody else in the lineup except for Steph. You know, Clay was pretty cold. Clay had a pretty quiet game. Uh, you know, Draymond was killing them from threes. That you know what the defense of the Celtics is going to give Draymond those three pointers all day long because he can't shoot them. He needs to drive the lane and push the ball out when the when the defense collapses on him. He needs to push the ball out to somebody outside. And I know a couple of those times he, in fact, he even took those shots when time was running out on the clock. You know, and that was what else are you going to do? Number three is you know they just the, the, the Celtics. I mean, what the hell they they. They never shoot the ball. When's the last time Horford had, you know, six? When's the last time Horford shot like that in a whole week, you know, let alone one game? So the likelihood of that happening again, you know, is pretty nil. Uh, Clay was uh, Clay was pretty much. I was kind of disappointed in him as far as offensive production. I thought the defense on the on the Warriors played really, really good. The best I've seen him play almost all year long. I mean, I can't fault him for that. It just. Them going cold in the fourth quarter and Boston staying hot like that, that's just not going to happen again. I appreciate the phone call, Joel. Uh, The Al Horford thing I can agree with, but I'm going to give uh, Bonte Hill the credit here because he sent this to the group chat uh, last night. But the Celtics in this postseason have had six games where they've scored 17 or more threes. That's a third of the games that they've played. So maybe you're not going to get the three-point shooting from guys like Al Horford every night. You're, you're, you're correct, Joel, on that, where you, you're not going to be getting a six-for-eight from three-night from Horford. I mean, when you look at the uh, Miami series from three, obviously he didn't play in game one because of health and safety protocols. Uh, but after that, 
two of two, three of five, one of one, which is which is good, which is good, no doubt. But then he went one of three, one of six, one of six. So I do get where you're coming from there, but it's the other guys on the Celtics who end up knocking down threes as well, and and, and they've been known to. And we've seen Horford go off for thirty points in this postseason. So we can't act like he never does this. He just didn't do it in the last series. Like we we we've seen Horford. I mean that that game where Horford went off for thirty points that was huge for them in Miami. Was that also the Grant Williams game too? <laughs> that was that was wild. Actually, when was it? Which one was that? I can't even remember. I don't even want to go back to that to that series. But I do think that this Celtics team can shoot threes in the way that they were shooting them. Now, are they going to be knocking down? 20 every single game? Maybe not, but or 21 rather, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. The Warriors got to pick things up on defense, no doubt, against the three. And I think they're going to think twice before leaving some of those guys open because they did what any team would do, which is try and take care of their stars, pay attention to the other guys, and you know what? Maybe leave some of them open. Anthony Slater had that in his full preview for the Warriors. He showed in their previous matchup that they just left Derek White wide open, and he couldn't knock down the threes. Well, Derek White took advantage. It wasn't just in the fourth quarter. It was throughout the game that Derek White was knocking down shots. He had 21 points off the bench. And conversely, you're not getting anything from Jordan Poole. He looked, and the word that I got here on the text line was overwhelmed, and I totally agree with that. But I I think that this game, I'm not going to say it was just a flash in the pan for the Celtics. I think the Warriors can just play a lot better. I really do, as a a team. It's always, it hasn't been everybody contributing at the same time. It's always one or the other, along with the other guys. Now, I don't want to discount what Otto Porter Jr. did. I thought Otto Porter Jr. was awesome in his 23 minutes. Andre Guadalla knocking down shots. What's the fix here in terms of offense? I don't really know what it is. They just need to play better. They just need to play better and adjust to the Celtics' defense because the Celtics' defense adjusted to them and the offense just wasn't ready for it. You saw it with the Marcus Smart mic'd up in the second quarter after Steph went off for 21 where he tells his big man, look, guard the perimeter. You can't guard this team like you're guarding Miami. And they made the adjustment, and it worked. The switches, the rotations for the Celtics' defense, it's it's unlike something that the Warriors have seen in this postseason. I will say that. I, you know, I don't want to compare the, the gauntlets that they've been through, but in the Western Conference, you haven't seen defensive rotations like you've seen um, with the Celtics. They're very clean. They don't run into each other. They got good communication. Everything. There were a couple of them in the first quarter where the communication was off. Right? Where the Celtics' defense looked asleep. But they woke up in the second. And they also woke up in the fourth. All right, let's get to more callers here. Let's get to Mark in Berkeley who wants to weigh in. What's going on, Mark? This is an easy way to do it. Kaminga and Moody take all of Poole's minutes away, and those two players would have had 20 points, I guarantee you, and played better defense. He's a liability when he's not scoring. It's a simple math. That 20 points wins us the game, and they have more defense out there. What's that so hard to figure out? Why is Poole and Curry on the court together? You can't against this team. They're a liability on defense. One of them only. These guys are big. 
Now, you tell me if Poole and, and Kaminga and Moody didn't have 15 minutes each last night or 10 minutes each, they wouldn't have got 10 points each. They would have. I know they would have. That's just how they've been playing. Look at their percentages. And Damian Lee's solid. I don't know what he's thinking. It just puts more pressure on those guys, the, the, the big guys. They'll do their thing. They always do. As long as they have, you have to have faith in your team like Boston does. And Boston was, had a lot more risk than we do with our guys. Our guys have been doing it all year. The reason these teams are scoring like that is because of our finesse. That's the Warriors beating themselves. I've been seeing it for years. Those teams wouldn't be playing like that if the Warriors weren't on the court. No way. It's the pace. And if they're hot, then they just keep hitting the shots. We've got to play better defense. We've got to use 12 men. Mm -hmm. First game of the year, we beat the Lakers because we tired them out with our rotation. It's simple math. And it's not about Curry. He shouldn't have to score all those points. 20 is fine from him, or 25. He is great, but you're putting pressure on him when you're making him do that. Okay, but he's That's the star, to- Mark. I'm sorry. I, gotta, I, gotta, I, I, can't, I can't take that anymore. He's the star. Like, this is the finals, okay? You don't have time to possibly play Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody. It's not the same as the last series where those two can get double-digit points. This is a different team. I can't I can't just sit here and say, oh, yeah, Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody would have made the difference that they would have been in the game. And then when you brought up Damian Lee's name, like Damian Lee, I don't think she got any minutes at all. When you are in the finals, you need your stars to all contribute. You don't you shouldn't expect anything from these younger guys. And I disagree with you saying this is what the Warriors have been doing all year. No, what we've seen all year is that in the big games, in the ones that really matter, Steve Kerr has only played his veterans. He doesn't play the younger guys. He can't risk that. Just go back and look at Jonathan Kaminga's minutes at the end of the regular season leading into these playoffs. He was getting five minutes a game because even though they're, and I'm not to take away from these guys, I think Kaminga and Moody are absolutely the future for this team. It's not to take away from them, but this is their first NBA Finals. Now, maybe they'll make that adjustment in game two, but just to automatically say, oh, yeah, the Warriors would have won that game if they simply would have put Kaminga and Moody in, I, I just, I, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I've seen Kaminga make a lot of mistakes. Now, you need Jordan Poole to step it up, though. Because, you're, Joel, you're right. If Jordan Poole doesn't step up, then they're going to have to make some sort of adjustment there. And I do see that happening. Um, if Jordan Poole continues on the way that he was uh, that he was playing yesterday. But, again, like the text line said, he just looked overwhelmed. And I agree with that. I, I just, But it's a game-by-game situation. It's a game-by-game situation. And, in my opinion... If you got Steph out there, you need to play him a little more than just 38 minutes. I think you need him in there for 42, 43 minutes a game. That's what I want to see. He is the best player on your team. You play him as much as you possibly can. Jason Tatum had 41 and a half minutes in this game, and Jason Tatum was having the worst scoring night that he's had basically throughout these playoffs. Even though he had a career-high 13 assists. Again, he didn't Play poorly. He shot poorly. There's a big difference, I think, when it comes to the way that Tatum played. We can't just overlook the 13 assists that he had. All right, let's go to JJ in San Jose who wants to weigh in. What's going on, JJ? Hey, what's up, nice guy? Hey, man. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. Curry, you know, Curry got to Curry got to keep doing what he's doing because without him, we would have got our butt kicked yesterday. But I think. The second unit has to be played 
the, the second unit is the reason we lost yesterday. I, I, I'll put it like that mm-hmm. because when Curry wasn't on, when Curry wasn't on the on the court for the, for the second the six minutes in the in the second or whatever, we got we lost both leads. We had leads going. We are, I don't think we had a lead going into the second, but that was when Boston got their rhythm. With Curry not being on the court and Clay and Poole just they just wet the bed. I don't know what happened. And then in the fourth quarter. We couldn't even get a stop. We went to a seventeen and zero run, and and then Curry comes back in in nine minutes or whatever, and they they, they got shook. So I'm so I think it's, it's, it's I'm gonna put this one on the on the uh, the other Splash Brothers, uh-huh. Clay and Poole. They like they got to do better because if they play like that again, yeah, this this is all bad. I agree. I agree. You need those guys to step up. I'm not saying you need Steph to step up. I'm not saying it's Steph's fault that he played 38 minutes, but he's your star in the way that he's rolling. He clearly has a he has a mission. Like is that that's what was my ta- that was what my takeaway was from the first quarter when Steph had 21. Now, one of the takeaways was damn, the Celtics are still in this game even though Steph is just dominating, but Steph looked like a man on a mission. Like, this finals MVP chatter, whatever it is, I think he's heard that, and I think he was tired of this perception that he doesn't perform in the finals. So I, so I think Steph took that personally. But it's not just Clay and Poole, too. I, I, I agree with you, JJ and San Jose, but you also need uh, Draymond Green to actually make those shots. Again, as far as the attempts go for Draymond, what he had in that game, 12 attempts overall, four of them, three-pointers, I think that's right where he needs to be. I think that's right where he needs to be in terms of attempts. That means that Draymond's being aggressive because if you're going out there with the starting five and that was your closing lineup last night and you only got three of your guys who could score the basketball, well, Draymond needs to be a threat so it's as if a fourth guy can score the basketball. And I do want to give the Celtics some credit here, by the way. Because Ime Udoka was saying this after the game. He was saying that their game plan was to switch early. It was to switch early, communicate, so that the big men can stay home, they can guard the paint, and that way you force the Warriors into mid-range or three-point shots. And the Celtics are very good at guarding the perimeter. They're very good at switching, rotating. It's so clean. Again, how many times in the previous series did we see guys from the Grizzlies, the Mavs, the Nuggets, how many times did we see them bump into each other? Like it's a slapstick comedy movie. Because of the way that the Warriors were moving off uh, off the ball. We saw that a lot. We did not see that at all outside of the first quarter in this game against the Celtics in Game 1. Just, I, I, I thought the Celtics defense, they got to their game plan and they executed that game plan. And that game plan was switching early so you're not putting all the pressure on the bigs to try and guard the three. I mean, both those guys. Al Horford with what he did in the fourth quarter scoring the basketball... No, I don't know if you're going to see that type of output again in the fourth quarter where he knocks down those two big threes and then overall goes six of eight. I don't think you're going to see that. Or excuse me, not that. Yeah, the two big threes. I apologize. Losing my way here. No, you're not going to see that, but I think you can expect that those guys are going to knock down some timely shots. And I do think Jason Tatum is going to score the basketball in that next game. I do think he's going to make that adjustment. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. But nevertheless, 
I'm not completely down on the series. I'm not down overall. I think it was a tough game one. I think the Celtics made the adjustments that the Warriors didn't. The Warriors were forcing up shots. Now, if you end up losing both at home, both at Chase Center, I really won't be feeling good. And and you just come away from last night. I think it was just the expectation that the Warriors were going to win. And then just the way that the Celtics handled them in that fourth quarter, outscoring them 40-16, to I think just the overall shock of it has us overreacting to the series. But after all, this is a game-by-game situation. And and, and Clay put it perfectly. It, it, Clay put it perfectly after the game. You know, it's first of four, not first of one. And we all have been through situations like this, and we realize it's going to be very hard. The best part about it is, you know, we have another opportunity Sunday. And then Steph, after the game, talking about they did enough to win. At most, we only got six games left, so make the necessary adjustments. You know, like I said, it's about winning four games by any means necessary. And for 42 minutes, we did enough to win the game tonight. That's not how the basketball works. So I think everything starts to become on the table when you look at trying to get ourselves back in the series on Sunday and taking it from there. They looked ready. The Celtics looked ready. You know, in the first quarter, they were kind of asleep. But they were at least on defense. But they were still scoring the basketball on offense. Marcus Smart knocking down tough threes. Like, that was the biggest difference to me to open up the game. Was that it felt like Steph was just getting a ton of easy looks because it was there was some bad defense play, being played. I mean, I mean, Mark Jackson, his assist of the game to start out was the defense of the Celtics because they played drop coverage on Steph when he's pulling up from three. That's how bad the defense was. But I think the Celtics ended up making that adjustment, and it just hurt the Warriors, and the Warriors weren't ready. And in the fourth quarter, when they were leaving all those guys open, they were knocking down those shots. You know, they dared them to shoot them, and they knocked them down. you you got to give the Celtics credit there. They're a good team, and I don't think anyone's going to be... Uh, I, I don't think anybody is going to be underestimating them anymore. I think everyone's kind of realized now that the Celtics are for real, and there's a reason why they are in the NBA Finals along with the Warriors. But that's going to do it for me. I think they're going to pick it up in Game 2 on Sunday. I do believe that we are going to be talking about this game on Monday, this series Monday, as it's 1-1. I do believe that. I think the Warriors are going to make the adjustment, but the sting from last night... It's not going to go away, really, until that game two actually gets started. So we got all day to talk about it. The station's going to be talking about it. Joe the Butcher Wachowski, Bonte Hill coming up next for the morning roast. I know they're going to be talking about it. You got me and producer Sam Lubman behind the glass up until 9 o'clock. Thanks so much for joining me, everyone. And as always, go sports. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.